Welcome to The Brand Collective, a podcast about our favorite brands, featuring stories from the marketers and creatives behind them. I'm your host, Nick Ross. With me, Mackenzie Koss, marketer extraordinaire. Let's get into it. Welcome back to The Brand Collective podcast. Today, we have Jimmy Sansone, co-owner and one of three brothers running The Normal Brand. Welcome, Jimmy. We're so excited to have you on. Thanks for having me. Yeah. First off, Jimmy, Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, I'm excited to have someone from the world of fashion uh, on our show. Can you talk about starting the normal brand? The normal brand started seven years ago in our parents' basement with just the simple idea of, can I make a better normal shirt? We had to have some money, so we actually sold hats first. Um, so the first hat was sold in uh, March of 2015 to a girl named Emma. And uh, we sold out a few times in a row. And then we brought in our first run of cut and sew in August of 2015, four shirts with the idea of just making better normal clothes. So this word normal, it uh, obviously it's a word that is dependent on those using it to define. So I'm curious what your definition of normal is. Yeah, I think normal is anything that kind of makes sense to you. So what's normal to you is something that like you just get intuitively, it just makes sense. And so for us, you know, we grew up in the Midwest, we're in St. Louis. And so you're kind of 20 minutes from anywhere. So the idea of our normal life is there's a need for versatility, durability, and then what we really wanted, comfort. And so I think that those three tenants really kind of obsession with fit, feel, and the durability of our garments and the ability to kind of take it anywhere, wherever your life takes you. And how is it that this mission came to be? So I'm, I'm the oldest of 10 kids are from a big family. And we were always encouraged to start our own businesses from our parents from the time we were little kids. So both of our parents uh, run their own businesses. We were also obsessed with clothes. I was obsessed with clothes from the time I was a little kid. My dad works in real estate and, you know, back whatever, 25 years ago, they were wearing suits and ties and stuff to the office every day. So uh, I was obsessed with lapels and the fabrics and the linings and the buttons and what were the pants like, where was the break? Did we have side vents, single vent? How big was the lapel, et cetera? So I was just always kind of obsessed with that stuff, uh, but never thought about pursuing it professionally at all. And so in, my brothers and I ran businesses together all the time. We'd run summer camps, we'd uh, seal driveways, sold poinsettias. So it wasn't until I was working in investment banking out of school, I really wanted a normal shirt for myself. And so started making it and uh, people were asking me about it. And so quit my job, moved to my parents' basement. Uh, my brothers joined me uh, really shortly thereafter. And, and now we run the business together. And at that time when you were starting... Like, where was fashion in those early 20-teens? You know, fashion is obviously, there. there's trends, um, but but a lot of things are timeless. Um, I would say that our design is a little bit more timeless, kind of American heritage-inspired uh, branding, but definitely a more of a rugged aesthetic. And I think at the time, there was a big prep craze, and that just didn't make as much sense to me. It just, that wasn't normal to me. And so the idea of, of a normal shirt, it kind of had a little bit more of a rugged aesthetic, I would say. What was maybe the biggest challenge of starting a brand uh, in a non-fashion city, I would say, or non-fashion centric? It feels like I always think of the coasts or like Tokyo or London or, you know, places that maybe have more glitz and glam to them when I think of where a fashion brand gets started. Can you talk about the biggest challenge to getting started and how did you build that customer base? We certainly didn't have any experience coming into it. So 
we used to have to learn a lot by doing. Definitely had a great advantage that our family was uh, incredibly supportive and 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 really believed in us when we didn't believe in ourselves. So there are lots of days where it felt like you didn't get anything done uh, because you just didn't really know where to go. And the encouragement we just would get would just be just go do something, act like make like like just like one foot in front of the other. And so I'd say some of the biggest challenges. I mean, you, you probably got to start with the supply chain. I had no idea how to get a shirt made, like none. Um, I didn't know what a tech pack was. I'd never been to a dye house. I'd never been to a mill. I'd never, never sewed anything in my life. So I think that getting something made was probably like the biggest hurdle to initially get over. You mentioned that you were, you maybe felt like an outsider in this world. Can you talk about that feeling of being an outsider in the world of retail and fashion? Yeah, I mean- you know, we're in the middle of the country. Uh, you said it earlier, but but certainly uh, historically brands have kind of started on the coast and and uh, trickled to the middle. So we're kind of trying a little bit of the inverse, like started in the middle and let it trickle to the coast. Um, and so I think that with us not having any 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 experience, um, there's definitely pros and cons. I, I think pros are we are the customer. So we come to it from that angle. Um, we are the buyer. And so maybe we'll ask questions that people who have been in kind of established companies wouldn't ask because it's just kind of, it's the, the status quo is just kind of keep doing what they're doing. So we come to it with a lot of maybe dumb questions, but sometimes they can be questions that um, can just make a better product for the customer. You know, like just an obsession with fit. Why do we do things this way? Why, why, why not this? Or like hand feel or um, num- number of things. I think that coming to it from the uh, perspective of the buyer is a really important thing. Um, and I think also like, I mean, just kind of being a little bit of an underdog or feeling like an underdog, uh, I, I think can also be, motivation and kind of inspiring. I think our favorite movies growing up were the Rockies. And yeah. so uh, the idea of, of, of an underdog of trying to create um, a company in a city that hasn't been known for those sorts of companies in a while, there used to be a big garment district in St. Louis. So I think, um, but just trying to create a company that lasts and that is based in the middle of the country that is, that, that is in fashion is, has been fun. You know, it's, we're all competitive. And so it's a fun thing to be a part of. Was there a moment where you came to the realization that maybe this is something? Um, it feels like with every business, there's a lot of inspiration and maybe some dreams and some hopes, but then there's a turning point where it is actually like, wow, we're doing this now. This is real and the customers enjoy it. And we have a responsibility now to like, you know, to be there for them. Yeah, I'm probably like lots of little uh, things because I, I still think I'm as uh, scared or nervous or or today as I was seven years ago. Um, so a lot of that hasn't changed. I still like think about it all night, think about it when I wake up and and things like that. Um, but but certainly like there have been little moments where you just feel like, oh, this is this is cool. How blessed am I? Like how lucky am I? I mean, I, I think that um, our grandfather was a big uh a huge part of our lives, both of our grandfathers was, but um, my one died when I was like 19 or 20. And then the other one just died a few years ago. And uh, he was like a pretty staunch, not, he was a, he, he challenged us a lot and kind of like what we were doing and, you know, what is this? And, you know, 
make sure you're prepared and things like that. And so he was, he was kind of a tough critic. And, and I, and I remember like, uh, but then he was also a huge supporter, but then I, I remember a few years into it, he sat us down and said how proud he was and um, how you guys are really doing it. And so that, I mean, that was an amazing moment. I think that that, that's something that stands out. Uh, I think more recently uh, we've been opening stores. So being able to walk through our store was like walking through um, the physical manifestation of something that was just a thought a few years ago. So those are like really cool experiences. Um, even just, I mean, I remember the first time we had like our adult office, uh, turning off the lights one night and, um, shutting the doors and thinking, wow, people come here every day to like work on this. This is like a cool experience. That office just burned down. So that's kind of sad, <laughs> but, um, oh, no. but yeah, I think there, there's never been one moment and I don't think there ever will be where it's like, wow, you're, you know, you've made it. Cause I don't feel like we have it all, but there's been lots of moments that have been a good time for reflection of like, this is cool. Yeah. It's such a, a wonderful thing to get so much inspiration from family and from each other. It feels like you have just such a thoughtful foundation that you're coming from where it's, you have this beautiful focus group of your family and how, you know, you're your own customers and inspiration that comes from generational wisdom. Um, it's thoughtful. It's really cool. Um, what does your logo mean? Oh yeah. The bear. Uh, yeah. The bear is inspired by the Missouri state flag. So there's bears, the Missouri state flag, uh, bears used to be kind of all around the Midwest and then they went away. They're kind of chased out and, but you're starting to see them come back and which is a cool thing. It's kind of a parallel to, to, you know, fashion in the, in the middle of the country, I think. Also, it's just a, you know, it's a confidence, uh, an animal that walks alone a lot. Not to say that we're walking alone, but to, to your point earlier, there, there aren't many of us in the middle of the country. And so it's always been, a, uh, it gives us a little bit of confidence, I think. Did you guys just go through a brand refresh? The logo has been uh, with us since the very beginning. Yeah, we did just do like a, like a brand refresh, I would say, over the last couple of years. Colors, fonts, it really actually took us back to, to more of what we were in the foundation to, to kind of, I, I think, in the lifetime of any brand. And this is just like my like ignorant seven years of experience, but you can kind of like stray from the path a little bit. So this was just kind of like bringing us back to where we started. Is every piece of the process sort of a family effort? Well, yeah, I mean, we're certainly involved. My, me and my two brothers are certainly involved in everything. Um, I was very involved in the, uh, the the brand refresh. I mean, we also have a phenomenal team that, you know, works extremely hard. We, we, we spend a lot of time in, in trying to, we grew up playing sports. And so, we look at this as like, this is our sport now. And so, uh, you know, we, we try to bring on like great teammates and, and I think we've done a really good job of that. And, and the team is what has allowed us to do things over the past couple of years that, you know, I didn't think we'd ever be able to do. Can you talk about what pieces are like the parts of your brand that maybe I always like to reference like some restaurants, there's always going to be like their big hits on the menu, you know, like when you go there, you're going to get those reliable. And then they, they experiment with other stuff and try to broaden their reach. Are there those aspects to your brand that are always going to be there that are sort of like the tent pole pieces of your, of your brand? The first normal shirt I ever made was our Pure Meso Henley. So Pure Meso, you'll see on our website, it's like it's, its own category. It's like a, a core fabric for us. We, um, do it in a few different weights. We do it 
a little bit different spring than we do in fall. It's a jersey in spring. It's a ribbed cotton in fall. Uh, but we do it across men's and women's. And the the, the idea of it's just like super soft, great broken in hand feel. And um, I think our hoodies are really nice. I think our Henley is really nice. Quarter zips are really nice. So I think those as like a first or a second layer are really nice. And then hopefully like the idea of the normal brand with that comfort, like just normal feeling better. We, we try to extend that like, broken in soft, crazy soft, great hand drills. I just used to uh, shop with my hands all the time, like going through like stores and stuff. And so hopefully we have taken that attribute and ex- spread it across our other categories. But, but Pure Mesa was the OG. That was the first one we did it with. And looking forward, just going all the way back to your childhood, do you ever think you'll get into suits and lapels and business clothing? <laughs> I think that I've had to learn, we've had to learn the hard way to just kind of like own what you do. Um, so I would love to, I think that would be really cool. I mean, we're doing like some really cool, really like minimal construction, no padding or something, double breasted, like outerwear pieces and stuff like that, that kind of look like double breasted sport coats, which I love, but are just a little bit more unstructured. Um, so that's like a cool thing for us, for us to try, uh, down the road, I would love to do it. Um, right now we're kind of just focusing on, on what we do and owning that. What are things that you think about when you're marketing your brand? Are there aspects or tactics that you use that maybe set you guys apart? Well, I mean, I think at the beginning, I didn't know anything. I mean, I was reading like Gary V books and I was like, you know, there was all these like, uh, and that was like before he was like what he is now. Um, He wasn't talking about NFTs. He was talking about like, how do you use Instagram and like stuff like that. And so I was like (laughs) reading books about that. And, um, so I didn't know anything about like Facebook or anything like that, or like marketing or media or anything. So a lot of what we were doing was, um, word of mouth. And so, you know, like you said, I had this, we had this family foundation where I had nine younger siblings who were like in the age demographic that we were selling to. And obviously, I mean, like that can only go so far. It was like a smaller market at the time we were selling like five hats. Um, but we learned a lot from that because it was like, word of mouth, like spreading it, getting people to share your content for you. Um, So I think that was like a big thing, like at the beginning and without that, like it never would have gotten off the ground. Um, And I think like to today, I mean, a a lot of that same stuff exists. Uh, I think that, you know, we really try to just create and share authentic content. Uh, Obviously authenticity is kind of like a big buzzword right now. You, You hear it a lot. Um, but a lot of our photo shoots is just like, like we just did, we just went to Kansas city for, uh, to open our, our latest store and our buddy, uh, Garrett King, uh, at short stash on, on Instagram, who has been our, he's become now like a phenomenal friend. I was, just, I mean, we like hang out all the time and he's at my wedding. He's at friends wedding. His music become like part of the family. Uh, he just came with us and we just literally did like a brother's trip in, in Kansas city and then just documented it. So, um, I think a lot of it is not a lot of its force. It's just the stuff that we like to do. And, you know, hopefully people relate to it. Yeah. I mean, it does yeah. feel like authenticity or what that embodies of just, you know, this is our lifestyle. This is how we like to interact with the world. This is the way we like to look in the world it feels almost effortless in a way because it's being true to who you are rather than trying to, you know, reach for something that might be outside of your realm. Does that, does that ring true? Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, there's definitely effort. Um, the, uh, the, the, the problem with photo shoots are is lighting. 
and um, <laughs> you have to go uh, early mornings and late evenings. So it's almost like a, it's almost like you're hunting, unfortunately. And um, I remember one time it was our first photo shoot. Actually, uh, we were in Colorado, and I knew nothing. We went to Colorado. We were like, because it was like a summer shoot. We were trying to shoot for the fall. And we were like, yeah, we got to get some pictures before we put all these these like four shirts that we had up and like three of them were terrible. And we're like, but we got to go to Colorado and cause it'll look more like fall. So Garrett, that was the first time we ever used him. And we were like, okay, sunrise, I'm making it up. Sunrise is like, you know, 6 30 AM or whatever. And we're like, we got to get sunrise shots. And I was like, I think we should go up that mountain. And <laughs> he was like, okay, we, wanna, yeah, we have to leave at four in the morning. So we had like hockey bags full of like our stuff, like everything was like wrinkled up, like no steaming, no anything. And we just hiked up this mountain, like we were gonna pass out. We like hiked up this mountain with these hockey bags, like broke all the wheels off this, off our stuff. And we actually got some good stuff, but um, yeah. Sometimes it's effortless. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> well, there's there's like a magic to appearing effortless. The effort behind right, it is exactly. never, yes. you know, hopefully you never yes. see the effort behind it. Yeah. But then yes. did you like lean peacefully against a rock, like gazing over a vista <laughs> or something? Yeah. Well, yeah, they were able to take pictures of me, like literally asleep, probably. Um, yeah. But, well, that's that's some of the other stuff. Like we, we do try to catch like what actually is happening. Like we did a we did a shoot in Florida. Uh, for spring 22 and like we're all pumped like go to florida like you know the weather is like cold and raining and miserable in st louis and so we're like yeah let's go to florida like this will be cool um so we get there and it's like torrential downpours 48 <laughs> degrees 50 degrees for like two days straight we got models coming in and stuff so we're just like whatever shoot it so we just shot like even us just like putting together the photo shoot and stuff and we're able to share that stuff so like part of the the culture we've tried to create within this company is like just make it work like 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 lemons to lemonade type stuff and like no, no excuses just try to like make stuff work and so that's been there's definitely been like lots of fun in that yeah um yeah not to be a downer but you mentioned that an office burned down how did that mm-hmm. process how were you able to make lemonade from such a devastating uh, yeah, just horrible yeah, that thing. Was, yeah, that was weird. That was that was sad. Um, yeah, we don't know how it happened. Um, I mean, it, it didn't start. And this with was us. your first office. Yeah, we were there for like six years. Yeah, it was. Uh, we had, I had some co-working spaces. Actually, I'm back at the co-working space. So I'm going the wrong way. Um, but uh, <laughs> life isn't a straight line. We had. Some, it's a journey. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I'm going in the circle route right now, but yeah, I mean, the first office is my parents' basement. Then I had like a little like utility closet co-working space in this building that I'm in right now. Then one other co-working space, but then like our first, you know, like big boy office was, was the one that just burned down. So we were there for like six years. And um, so like tons of memories, lots of great stuff. Yeah. Just a terrible, huge blazing fire that burned down our entire place. And so that was a wild day, but I guess like the, you know, the, the, the lemonade to say in that is like, we really got to see um, a lot of our team mobilize and like kick it in and like help out. And like, it was about, okay, let's go get set up. We can't miss a day. Like let's set up the next spot. And so, you know, we were able to see kind of like, um, you know, what happens when stuff hits the fan. And um, so I, I, that was, it was, you know, you're just, you're there with your friends and the people you work with and, and, and my brothers and you just got to, make it work. So we were set up, you know, within a couple of days. Wow. Did you lose a lot of 
sort of important. I can't imagine the kinds of things that you would lose uh, documents. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, we lost a ton of stuff, tons of samples. I mean, tons of equipment. Um, yeah, I mean, we lost, we lost, I mean, it's, the pictures are like devastating, like burnt down to the ground, basically. But um, we were able, like, I didn't lose, you know, like this, this hat that my grandpa wore. I have that uh, still, a shirt that he wore. Um, found it through really the rubble or people. through the, the, the uh, yeah, ashes? it was still in my office. Like, yeah, n- there was uh, no issue with it. I mean, it had a little bit of smoke damage, but, um, wow. other than that, like, yeah. So that, that was, cool. we were really happy about that. Yeah. It was pretty special. Same thing happened with, uh, in my brother's offices too. They had stuff from like important, like uh, memorabilia family stuff that, um, is okay. Thank God. Yeah. Just a small, yeah. small smile through such a sad time. I want to talk about how you pick a team. What do you think about when you're taking on new employees or taking on new teammates? None of it is an original idea. So this is all like borrowed or inspired by stuff that we either read or stuff that we just saw growing up. So like I I mentioned, like growing up, my dad is in a family business with his brothers. And so we grew up around this idea of a family business. And it was something where stuff was talked about, work was talked about all the time. It was it, it, it kind of never left you. And at the same time, I would meet the people who worked with my dad from the time I was six, five years old. Right. So like people who have been with them 30 years, 20 years, 15 years, 25 years. I mean, I know them, I know their families. Right. So the idea of success uh, for us takes on like a, a, a few different layers, but, but, a, but a really important one is build something that lasts, build a, uh, build a culture and a company that lasts where people who join you want to spend their entire careers with you. And so um, that's not like something that comes natural. Um, you know, I, I think we had to do like a lot of like reading and like some, like uh, some tough introspective stuff and kind of like uh, looking, but where we have landed on is our, our favorite book is this five dysfunctions of a team. And so we, we really look to add people who are humble, hungry, and smart. And so um, that humility, I would think, is a really important part, which just, uh, it, you know, do you ask for forgiveness and give forgiveness really quickly? Because there's mistakes all the time. And um, that, like, interaction right there of asking for forgiveness and giving forgive, forgiveness are, like, each, like, a really important part, like, just to keep the wheels moving and to keep relationships intact. And so that humility, especially with the idea of like, we come at this business with like no experience so that there's like mistakes are just a part of it. So having like trying to check your ego is something that it's like, if if we have seen, it's been a really important um, foundation of building a really good team. And without a really good team, um, there's no way we could be doing anything. And so it's been, especially if you've kind of got like an uphill climb anyways, you better build a good team and build it with the right people. So that's, we, we focus a lot on that. I know we talked about this earlier before we hopped on the podcast, but I wanted to ask you about your three wear rule and what that means oh. to you. Cause I'm familiar yeah, yeah. with it. So um, I just wanted to hear your take on it. Yeah, that, that started from, uh, I, I, I love shopping growing up um, and I, I just love the experience of it, of kind of like each season kind of looking at what's new and what's like the trend and, and things like that. But but I had a rule just growing up where um, I didn't want to buy something unless I could identify three ways that I could wear it. Um, if I could like see in my head, I could wear this 
um, to a football game and I could wear it out to dinner and I could wear it to the farm or, or whatever. So like that, I really, and then um, bringing that into like our business, um, we really try to focus on like a cost per wear uh, yeah. because, you know, we're certainly not like a fast fashion business. So, mm-hmm. you know, we want you to build a, uh, a responsible and efficient closet. And so, so that your cost per wear is like really low. Hopefully you wear our stuff like all the time. And we, we try from a design standpoint, a construction standpoint, and like a sourcing standpoint to build products that pass that three wear test rule. Yeah. I love that. My mom instilled that in us growing up and I'm actually ironically wearing one of your guys's, well, I planned it. I'm wearing one of your shirts. Um, I told Nick before we hopped on, but yeah, I was like, it's not ironic. I wore it, but it's true. Like I, I have to give you major props because I think a lot of companies don't think about that. And for those of us that maybe had it instilled, I think it's great to create something where you can throw it on with pretty much anything in your closet and kind of keep it more like a, a minimal style closet, if you will. Yeah. 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 No, I appreciate it. And yeah, that that's been a, a big part of our uh, skew plan organization. Yeah. And then one more thing I wanted to ask because I have three older brothers and you come from a family with 10 siblings though. What has it been like running the company with two of your brothers? Yeah, it's amazing. Um, huge blessing. Like, um, uh, you know, I, I think when you're, when you're doing something when you're doing anything, whether it's like entrepreneurial or whether it's any sort of like a risk, I think they're, you know, it can be super lonely or you can, you can have these, uh, moments where you doubt yourself or whatever. So having like just a built-in support system where, I mean, I trust my brothers with my life. And yeah. so when you just start there, uh, you know, trusting them with company decisions is like not a big deal. So we have like ultimate trust in each other and, um, we have the same vision and, um, everybody works hard and it's just a lot of fun too. So, and you yeah. get to celebrate wounds and you can also like losses aren't as hard when you can share it with people you love. So that's so special. I love that. Next segment is stand with the brand. And this is actually about the 80s because apparently they're coming back. Um, So they've made a comeback, the 80s have, through the world of ad design. And this is a push that has been driven by Gen Z and millennials. Um, So a brand that has actually truly leaned into the 80s has been Vacation, which is a sunscreen brand that was started about a year ago by Lockheed Hall, Dakota Green, and Marty Bell. Um, Bell is also a creator of an online radio station called Pool Suite. Uh, highly recommend checking out their site because it's uh, the most old school, quote unquote, looking site, um, I believe, on the internet currently. And he quoted to Marketing Brew that I think you have to package things up in a very specific way across copy, imagery, talking points, product, like everything needs to be exceptional across the whole board for something to be an excellent brand. So this means leaving no details spared. And according to Bell, the 80s aesthetic goes beyond vacations, ads. Uh, Invoices are sent on dot matrix, print paper, pop-ups on the site look like old coupons for you to use. And then the company follows only one account on Instagram, Jimmy Buffett. Uh, So ironically, those who grew up in the era that this has made a comeback are often the most resistant to bring it back. 
Gen Z and millennials are experiencing kind of a taste of the 80s for the first time, which is partly why they're driving back the comeback with certain brands. So Jimmy, I'm curious, do you stand with the brand or do you take a seat? I stand with it. No, I think it's cool. I, I think um, any brand that shows like total conviction and just kind of really leans into what it is that they believe um, is awesome. I mean, it, it's that authenticity that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And and I just think the aesthetic is cool. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's great. I mean, what I mentioned earlier, we're big Rocky fans, Sylvester Stallone fans. I mean, that's an 80s yeah. guy. Um, I mean, he's 70s too, but shoot, he's 2000. I mean, this guy is like timeless. But, <laughs> when was last Rocky? Um, it was like a few years ago. Um, yes. Yeah, I think I'm fan crushing on Stallone a little bit too much. But um, no, I think it's really sharp. Um, I think like um, um, ALD has done some stuff with New Balance. That's like yeah. also that like, 80s kind of a vibe um there's been a lot of stuff out there uh, like that i mean 70s has also been a big inspiration for a lot of yep. like fashion stuff we're seeing a lot of like camp shirts and things like that um so i think that design just like fashion is like there's there's trends and there's you know cyclical you know it's it, it kind of like keeps moving but I, I think it's cool i like it a lot yeah i agree um i really like some of the aesthetics of it and pool suites website I think is one of the coolest ones like all the little details in it I think really stand out compared to even other websites you see um and it makes me as a consumer want to kind of like dive in and be intrigued about what they're selling and why they're kind of like taking this effort um and I of course love that they just follow Jimmy Buffett on Instagram. Yeah, I was like, that's like the cherry yeah. on top of everything. <laughs> I love that. Really cool. How about you, Nick? Yeah, I'm in. I feel like nostalgia is its own unique expression of timelessness. Like I think that nostalgia takes the sort of parts of it that you want to revere and amplifies those. Cause obviously when you're in the moment, it's hard to sort of uh it's hard to form those opinions in the moment. It's like, that's where trends are. Yeah. And there are, there are flashes in the pan and they come, you, they come at you so fast. Um, but I think nostalgia is taking the best of those and going like, weren't the eighties great? Like we had this, this, and this. So it's such like <laughs> yeah. a, it's almost like a curated selection of things that you remember fondly from that time period. And it allows, you know, new generations to participate and, you know, with a modern sensibility. It's cool. I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. Do, does the sunscreen, is it like, does it roll thick on your nose? Is it just like, do they have, remember that? It, that was such an eighties thing. Yeah, it's like <laughs> right across. Right across. With like, I think it is zinc based. Yeah. Oh, nice. So with like, like the full, like yeah. wrap glasses. Oof. Classic. <laughs> I look like I've been uh, caking myself in it for the past uh, six months. I look like I haven't seen the sun in a year. fighting. <laughs> So I could be one of their spokespersons. Yeah. Um, that would be a funny ad. Just like a, a totally pale person, like marketing sunscreen. Like what a great <laughs> <laughs> sunscreen. It works. Uh, it also feels like a stranger things thing. I guess my, yes. a lot of my cultural references yes. are that, but it does feel like that, that show made such a splash. Uh, and it, in the karate kid. That was a big yeah. one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that took on a new life of its own. It's like Cobra, like Cobra Kai. Yeah, Cobra Kai. Yes. yes. I mean, yeah. it, it humanized so the Cobra Kai. It made them the heroes. Well, 
Right. I have to ask each of you, what is something from the 80s you don't think should come back as far as fashion? I mean, I'm not a big parachute pants guy. I, okay. that's, I yeah. Parachute pants, slap bracelets. I don't need that. <laughs> yeah. Leave those. Okay, leave that. The hair. I wasn't a big, the, the hair in the 80s was a problem. Just a little bit too puffy. Yeah. Yeah, the crimp well, and the funny. glam. Yes. Yes. Apparently some guys want the us females to get that hair back because I guess uh, mullets are coming back right now. So. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely well, I saw the guy, seen yeah, more. One British Open that Cameron Smith, he's got a pretty good one. Um, <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, he does. <laughs> the last three questions that we ask, uh, we ask everyone that's been on the show uh, and it's more about your life personally, just to get to know you a little bit more um, and pose some more philosophical questions. So the first one is, what have you done recently for the very first time? I did a cold plunge. Um, Whoa, like Win Hof style? Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, my brother's got one. And uh, yeah, so we got peer pressured into that. And that was, uh, man, I was like, I thought something was wrong. Like with me, I thought something was up because <laughs> it felt like my skin was like on fire. I, I was yeah. like, no, something's wrong. No, 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 no. Stay, stay in there. Stay in there. You'll go numb yeah. in like one and a half or whatever. Uh, I think I was in there maybe like four minutes, three minutes, something like that. And it was like, but I did feel great when I came out of it. That's yeah. amazing. Was it in like a tub that. of ice or in a, a serene cold He's environment? He's got like a thing. He's got like a really cool, like, um, it's like the ice barrel know. one. Is it like a barrel? Uh, he's got something out. called like new or something. It's something like that. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 So I got in one of those and he does it like every day. I was like, God, if I stared at that thing, it'd be like, uh, that'd be a tough thing to get in every morning. <laughs> but it, it was great. Yeah. yeah that's amazing. That's I've, awesome. I've never done that. I did see a pretty cool real sports article on that, uh, Winhoff, the the cold plunge guru. Said, yeah. He's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um it made me curious, but I uh I've abstained until now. <laughs> it just seems oh um if you were invited to a show and tell right now, is there any specific thing that you think you would bring? I don't know. Maybe I'd bring like my Traeger. That's been a fun thing for me recently. I don't know how I would roll it there, but uh that's been <laughs> I really like cooking on the weekends and stuff and like making like a big thing of it. And so we got this Traeger and so like a bunch of friends, family and stuff will come over. And that's been like a, like a fun part for like a Saturday or a Sunday, hanging out, having some drinks and making food all day. I don't know that I'm not, that would be like a tough thing to like hide behind my back, but, um, <laughs> you just have a crazy. team, bring it in a nice sheet, yeah. do it like a magic show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> what do you, what do you grill? What's like your specialty? Oh man, I've done a bunch of stuff. I mean, we've done, you know, ribs, brisket, um, pork. Um, we've done like Philly cheesesteak things in there. I mean, we've reverse seared big old like tomahawk steaks. Oh yeah. You know, baked potatoes, like covered in mold and sea salt. I don't like a bunch of stuff. Like it's, it's pretty cool. Oh, mold and sea salt. That takes me back. Yeah. I worked in restaurants for a long time <laughs> and that, that salt is just so good. There is, once you try that salt, you will not try any salt for the rest of your life. That is enough salt. <laughs> I love how you just said all these incredible cuts of meat. And then I'm like, dude, that's yeah. salt, bro. Now we're talking about like, so uh, nice. Yeah, the $15 tub of salt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. And finally, if you uh, had the opportunity to meet a younger version of yourself and give a piece of advice, what advice do you think you would give? Probably to... It's like chill out a little bit. 
like it'll all be it'll it'll all be okay like just kind of take it easy and uh just trust it pray about it trust in your family and um stay close to god and you know things will be cool nice awesome i love that is there anything else you want to plug or any parting words? I really appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Yeah, check us out at thenormalbrand.com and on I don't know, Instagram and the other stuff at, at the normal brand. We're opening more stores and uh, we're also sell through wholesalers or retailers around the country. You can check out like the, the one closest to you. We've got a retailer locator on our website at thenormalbrand.com. And, and I really appreciate your guys' time and, and thanks for making this uh, fun. Yeah, thank yeah, you. It's thank been, you. It's been, it's been so awesome. awesome. You're listening to a Brand Folder podcast, where we like to say, strong brands live here. Join us as we build the Brand Collective, a podcast for anyone curious about the people behind the brands that we all love. We're available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. And if you feel inspired, leave us a review. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. Until next time, this has been the Brand Collective.